Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We are back. Oh, good to see you in today. Recording this on a muggy Wednesday. You look outside and you really don't want to go outside. It's gloomy. Makes me want to sleep. Don't like it. Kind of puts a damper on the day. But we're leading into week three. Of the NFL season. Already, first two weeks whizzed by quickly, and we're underway. Some teams are still figuring themselves out. I'm glad you can join me. Got a lot to talk about today and unpack week two. We'll go over, but yeah, we'll get into it. I'll give you my clutch player of the week. From the weekend, we'll go with our debt-free pick three, two and one last week. Not bad, not bad. Had a chance to be three and zero, oh, but what do you know? Seattle blew a lead at home in the fourth quarter. A uh, new segment, rookie watch. We'll check on these rookies and how they are doing through two weeks and how I feel they're going to do going forward in their week three matchups. And I'll get into some. Other news on quarterbacks in the league. Get into some of the Sunday games and obviously the primetime games. And no better way to start with the primetime games, which were phenomenal. At least two of them were. Two out of the three were definitely really good games. Down to the wire. Close as can be. And some quarterbacks that performed well. Against teams that own them in the past few years. And I'll start with Thursday. I don't know what it is about the Washington football team. But the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. I I don't know why he plays so well against this team. And even with this team having the great defense that they do right now. He he just lights them up. It's It's surprising. Daniel Jones went 22 for 32, 249 yards, a touchdown. But his his legs were the star of the show for Daniel Jones against the Washington football team. 95 yards and nine carries and a touchdown. He had another touchdown called back. And the kid can move. He's got speed. Uh, He was sacked four times, though. That's, That's what's tough with that strong front of the Washington football team. But Taylor Heineke... Man, I know he's hasn't been in the league long and hasn't gotten many starts, but he looked damn good against this Washington or this New York Giants defense, who I think is a solid roster and a top ten, top you know twelve defense in this league. And he was just throwing the ball. He threw forty six times, which is crazy to think. 
Antonio Gibson only 13 carries. So, yeah, Taylor Heineke was letting it loose out there, and he looked good. He was putting the ball in, in places only his receivers can get. That beautiful touchdown throw to Ricky Seals-Jones. He just, in the back of the end zone on the sideline, only Seals-Jones can get it, and he got it and scored. Scary Terry, he went off. Saquon Barkley busted a nice couple runs. He He's still getting back from that knee injury from last year. He'll get he'll get on track though. I I think throughout the, as the year goes on and he stays healthy, but the Washington football team staying resilient. Taylor Heineke, huge interception in his own territory, gives it up to the New York Giants, but that Washington defense held them to a field goal, and Taylor Heineke is able to drive down the field and allow his kicker to kick the game-winning field goal, but a lot of controversy on whether or not New York was offsides on the field goal, the first field goal attempt. And I saw some videos on Twitter, somebody actually messing with, with the, the time uh, on the video and, you know, scrolling back and forth, rewinding it and fast forwarding it a little bit so you can see it. And he lined it up with the snap and the New York player who was offsides. And it looked like he got the snap perfectly, as perfect as you can get it. Because his head was moving as the ball was starting to move. I don't think it was offsides. But at the end of the game, live for the refs, it's a tough call. So I'm not going to say that the refs cost the game because that when it's happening live and in front of you and you don't get the luxury of looking at a replay 30 times and being able to... Con- you know, rewind it slow and fast forward it slow just to time it up with the defender jumping off sides. You're not going to get it right as a referee. And now New York, 0-2. A lot of work to do to catch up. But with their division, they're only a game back. Dallas is 1-1. Washington's 1-1. The Eagles, 1-1. So you're only a game back. Plenty of football left. You got 15 more weeks. I think the New York Giants, if Daniel Jones can somehow consistently play like he did against Washington, I've always said that's the reason holding this New York team back from winning games. And he didn't even fumble. And he ran the ball nine times. So I'm I'm expecting to see Daniel Jones come back to earth a little bit. It's just in his nature, he, he, he plays well against Washington. He was, I believe, 4-0. Up, up to that last night's game. And now he's got a loss on his record against Washington. But luckily for New York, they go against the Atlanta Falcons defense who is just getting torched this first couple of weeks. And we saw what Tampa did to him in week two. So Washington, or New York has a chance to go one and two against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm staying far away from this game. This won't be in my debt-free pick three, I promise. It's just I, I, I can't trust Atlanta. I'll never bet on an Atlanta Falcon game again. They always disappoint me, whether it's I bet for them or bet against them. It's just whatever. It is what it is. But New York has a solid chance to get to one and two, and we'll see what the rest of their division does this coming week. 
And then on the Washington side of things, I was so impressed with Taylor Heineke. I think this kid could play. And it's shocking because he came basically out of nowhere. And he's playing well in his first couple games that I've seen him play. You know, going back to last year against Tampa in the playoffs, the wild card round. He looked good against that defense. And that's when Tampa's defense was humming and locked in. And we're playing the best defensive football in the league, basically. So Taylor Heineke can play. He's gone up against good defenses and been able to be competitive and keep his team in a position to win the game. And they won. So they're going to have a tough test at Buffalo. And I will tell you, this game will be in my debt-free pick three. Whether or not I'm taking Washington or Buffalo, you'll have to wait to find out a little later. But Washington, they were my pick to win this division again. And I think they're in a better position without Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's a reason why he's been on half the teams in this league. He's inconsistent for months, and then he's got a good month, and he's out. So I think Taylor Heineke is going to take this starting role and keep it. Even when Fitz Magic comes back, I think he's going to be on the bench, and we're going to see Tyler Heineke start making a name for himself as long as he can keep playing well. They got great weapons on that offense. You know, it starts with Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. You got Mims, you got Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, who's a great receiving back. He had some phenomenal catches. I, I think this Washington team is set up right. And you got Ron Rivera as your head coach with that elite defense. This team is a playoff team. The roster is at least. And I think they're going to they're gonna come away in this division. I know Dallas has been playing well. It was a kind of a weird, fluky game against the Chargers. I, I can't explain it. I will talk about it a little bit, but yeah, I liked what I saw from Washington after Taylor Heineke threw that interception. He comes back, puts it behind him, and leads his team down to win the game on a field goal. Switching over to Sunday night. Whoo, boy, what a game! What a game! We had Lamar Jackson going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson was 0-3 against the Chiefs in his lifetime playing them. Just couldn't get the dub. Seemed like he, he was never going to be able to beat Mahomes. A lot of criticism of Lamar. He can't play when he's down. He's not going to lead you to a comeback. He... He's not going to make the big throws when it matters. And yes, he started the game off a little rough. right? He threw that pick six to Tyron Matthew, who returned from the COVID lifts. He missed week one. Came back, had a big day, two interceptions on Lamar. And he just kind of thought, oh, here we go. Same old story. He just can't beat Kansas City. But then the Ravens get their run game going. It seemed like they could gash... The Chiefs for 10 yards, any given play. And Lamar, I mean, he was just outstanding. He was 
outstanding. He had over 100 yards rushing, which no surprise there. He had some big throws and key moments. And listen, he was down twice by double digits. And he came back and got it done. They were down 11 points, 35 to 24 going into the fourth quarter. Going into the fourth. And Lamar's haters, oh, he, he can't amount a comeback win. Well, the Ravens go on a 12-0 run to finish that fourth quarter and finish the game. And the Baltimore Ravens win 36-35. It was awesome. Lamar big on the fourth down at the end of the game. And here he is about that fourth down and, you know, the end of the game putting it on the line. Man, no matter what, get that first down. Coach asked me, should we go for it? I said, hell yeah, just like Seattle two years ago. We had to get it, man. We had to get it. We had to get it. He's like, hell yeah, man. We're going for it. Come on, coach. Put it in my hands. And that's exactly, that was a smart play. Put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, your best offensive player of the night. Unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't stick to that mantra. They decide under two minutes, you know, Mahomes moving the ball with ease in the passing game all night. All night, Mahomes was doing it. And then you want to, fourth quarter, you're down, which I really didn't understand. And under, under two minutes, a minute 25 left in the fourth quarter, you decided to hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, who's phenomenal in the month of September. He threw his first pick because he kind of just tossed it up there on the way down. He's done it before, and this time it cost him. But you put it in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's hands, and he fumbles. Huge fumble, which basically sealed the game. It did. And then, yeah, on that next drive, fourth down, Lamar picks it up, and that's it. He's he's one and three against the Kansas City Chiefs. The monkey's off his back, as he and the people would say. And the Chiefs uh, can their defense stop the run? Looks like they, they they've been struggling the first couple of weeks. I know they're playing probably two of the top five best run games in the league, so you're you're going to get gashed, but. Again, why would you, Andy Reid, not give Mahomes the chance to throw? Why do you run it? I know you're trying to be cute, but the passing game was working for you all night. You know the injuries to the secondary of the Baltimore Ravens. Mahomes was damn near perfect again. And you take the ball out of his hands and look what happened. It cost you. It cost you the game. Because Hilaire fumbled, and Lamar got the ball and iced uh, and chewed down the clock. So I, I liked a lot from what I saw from Baltimore. They had a chance of week one. They could have been 2-0. and The Chiefs could have been 2-0, and lost this one. Now it's interesting. The Chiefs aren't going undefeated this year. They're just not going undefeated. Another team that's not going undefeated, though, these Dallas Cowboys. 
They beat the Los Angeles Chargers in a weird game. A lot of yards, one punt, yet only 37 <laughs> points scored, 34 up until the final kick of the game, 56-yarder. Greg Zerline nails it in for the Cowboys, and the Chargers ah, just shot themselves in the foot. 12 penalties, two touchdowns called back from penalties. Uh, it just looked like the Chargers of old. Having a close game, a chance to win, you're up. And you lose it. You lose it. Uh, another another thing I noticed, uh, what did I say last show? Tony Pollard looks a lot better than Zeke. And again, he outgained Zeke. He ripped off a nice, I, I think, 25-yarder or 28. I don't know. He, he ran an, a, a nice long touchdown run, Pollard. I know Zeke had like 71 yards, but still Pollard just looks so good. And then how about the rookie, Micah Parsons? They moved him to defensive end after Lawrence was out, was ruled out because I think he broke his foot. So they moved the rookie from linebacker to defensive end. He had a sack. He had some pressures. He looked good. He was getting in the face of Justin Herbert. And... I was impressed. Maybe they maybe they keep him here again until uh, Lawrence comes back. But man, that was fun to see a, a rookie switch positions on the fly and having an impact right away. And and, how, and then on the flip side, this Chargers offense, who was putting up points last year, have come out. It seems a little flat. These first two weeks, I was expecting firework shows all all game, all season. And so far, you had 37 points to show for it, 20 week one, 17 this week. And I, I can't figure out why. Part of me wants to... It's just, it, 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 it's, it's weird, it's goofy. Because I don't want to say Anthony Lynn leaving is why this team's not scoring as, as many points. But yet the defense, because, you know, Staley, first-year head coach, he's got this defense playing really well. You held the Cowboys to 20 points, 17 up until that last field goal. I... That, that was impressive. And so this defense looks like they're getting back on the right track. So they, uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't too big of a fall off as far as points so far. You know, they've, they've scored, what is it, about 18 points something per game this year. Last year it was 21.6. So I guess it's not too far off. They're, they're, right, on, they're right on point. But... I, I just don't understand why the Chargers can't finish close games. It's just like Atlanta. Atlanta bl blows games all the time as well. I just I, I, I wanted to see more from this Chargers offense. This offensive line was upgraded. I know they're dealing with injuries as well there. So they're not at full strength, which hurts. I... Uh, yeah, Brian Balaga on the IR, that, that that hurts. But Herbert is 
athletic enough to be able to get outside of the pocket and extend plays with his legs. But I I will say I am impressed with Brandon Staley, head coach, first year, and how well this defense is playing. And again, this defense has Derwin James back. You got Joey Bosa. You got some solid players around here. Rookie Asante Samuel Jr. These guys play some damn good football, and it's it's fun to watch their defense play. And I thought the offense would be the highlight, but the defense is on on the, on the right page. But as far as Dallas, you you got to finish these these drives. You just got to finish these drives. Mike McCarthy, I don't think is the right coach for this team. I think they need to get rid of him and promote Kellen Moore. I I just don't understand why the Cowboys aren't they 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 should have won by more than just three points in a a game ending field goal and this is why I don't have that much confidence in in the Cowboys it's a it's a decent win against the Chargers who might be a playoff team we don't know that yet and I am expecting this Monday night game against the Eagles next week to be a, a fight because the Eagles showed me some good things this weekend, which I'll, I'll get into after I, I talk about the Detroit and Green Bay game. So the Cowboys, this Eagles team is not going to roll over. They're going to play it tough. I, I like what I saw from their defense. I thought their defense was going to be bottom five in the league this year, but the Eagles stepped up against the Niners. They look really good. And the offense just couldn't convert but like I said I'll get into that in a few minutes here fast forward Monday night football did it look like the Green Bay Packers were going to go down 0-2 for the season never happened in Aaron Rodgers career Detroit came out blazing opening touchdown they go up they're up at half 17 to 14 and then the second half happened. Then the second half happened. Aaron Rodgers gets it done, locks this in. I man, that he he's just so good and this is why I wasn't freaking out last week when they lost 38 to 3 to the New Orleans Saints. And all the sports media were putting down Aaron and jumping on the Green Bay Packers. And obviously it didn't look good. No, nobody's saying it looked good. Did it sound like Rodgers thought it looked good when he was in the postgame press conference last week? No. But listen, it was week one. As he said, 16 games left. And Green Bay took care of business like I thought they would. Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal day. I know the touchdowns. I mean, this has kind of been the story for Rodgers the last few years. Uh, the touchdowns that he gets are inside the 10-yard line, basically. I, except for the one to Robert Tanya. That was a beautiful throw and catch. He put it right into Robert Tanya's arms while the defender was draped on him. Oh, it, it was a beautiful throw and catch. But yeah, Rodgers, I mean, another phenomenal day. The offensive line, though, does scare me when they do go up against a better pass rush, which they're going to be going up against next Sunday night against the 49ers. 
They miss Bakhtiari bad. They miss him so much. This Green Bay line on the throws that Aaron Rodgers miss, he was he was pressured. He was pressured. And I know he only missed five throws, but he was, he was getting pressured. He was sacked three times. It just didn't look good. And, again, Penne looking good for Detroit on that side of the ball. Jared Goff was only sacked once, but that Detroit line was giving him time in the pocket. Detroit had a chance to upset Green Bay, but I think Green Bay and Rodgers, when, when you give them too many chances, it, it's, it's not going to work out. So, he, he goes four touchdowns. Aaron Jones, which I will say, in my fantasy league, I have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. I was down 60 points. These two gave me 80. I won by 20. Beautiful ending, but it, uh, that's, a, that's, that's another story for another day. Devontae Adams, of course, got his yards, got his catches. They look good. They look good, of course, against the Detroit team, who they should look good against. Detroit isn't predict, projected to go anywhere this year. And they're right where we all thought they would be, 0-2. But Green Bay, you got to keep this momentum going. It's going to be a tough test on the road in San Francisco. And last year, Rodgers gave it to us when all of our guys were hurt. I'm expecting the Niners to come out. Firing. We got Jimmy back. The offensive line is just stacked. We're dealing with some injuries per usual. But yeah, on on the Detroit Lions side of things, Penne, like I said, looked good. And thank God. I mean, not thank God, right? Because I don't like to root for injuries. But the fact that the left tackle got hurt, Penny was playing right tackle, and they moved him to his natural position. Left tackle, he's been phenomenal going up against some good pass rushers the first couple weeks and holding his own against them. So this is what the Bengals should have done. Should have drafted Penne instead of Jamar Chase. I know you wanted to give the shiny toy to Joe Burrow, but Penne is definitely showing that, hey, I am... There was a reason why I was rated the top lineman in this draft and one of the top best players in this draft. A lot of teams could have used Penny Sewell, like the Miami Dolphins maybe. Instead of going Jalen Waddle, you should have probably just stayed at your pick and picked Penny Sewell because now your quarterback's hurt with a rib injury in his day-to-day. Like I said, I expected the Packers to come out blazing after that blowout loss. I put it in perspective from last year when they got ran out the building where Tampa Bay beat them 38-10. to It was almost identical scores to the New Orleans Saints game, same division opponent. That's kind of funny. And that's why Rodgers was like, relax. I, he, he did kind of get a little snarky and... Feisty in the post-game press conference, which I, I can deal with that. But this is just who Rodgers is. But he, he he's kind of asked because he brought it up. He said he wanted to make it look like they cared. Kind of implying that they didn't care in week one. But the reporter did a good job asking because he said, hey, I know you're not. I know you do care. 
but you alluded to that you it looked like you didn't care now blah 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 but here's Rodgers on the game against Detroit and basically what everybody was saying from week 1 after that blowout loss to New Orleans <laughs> I just think people like to say a lot of bullshit and it's nice to come back in here after a game like that Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he's just, it's Aaron Rodgers. We got, this is a, who he's been, a little bit of an asshole, if I must say. But again, it was all noise week one. A lot of people overreacting because as we do after week one, overreact, overanalyze everything that happens. And that was one of the bigger things. The big blowout. From the Green Bay or from New Orleans to the Green Bay Packers, and everybody in the sports media was running around. Oh my God, Green Bay Packers! They're not going to be that good this year. Their defense is in trouble. Defense gave up 17 points against Detroit, who ended up coming back on the Niners. All right, so that's why I was trying to tell everybody last week: calm down. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna fire back next week. Come back. He had a terrible game last year. He's allowed these bad games. He's not perfect. Patrick Mahomes has rough games, too. So let's chill on the overreaction, losing to New Orleans. They're a possible playoff team. I think they are a playoff team, but a lot of people think maybe. So he had a rough one against a playoff team. It's all right. It happens. So they got the Niners. Like I said, Sunday Night Football, that's going to be a fun one to watch. You know I'll be watching. But as I mentioned, I wanted to talk about the Niners and Eagles. Oh. Man, that was a rough game. It was rough. I thought it was going to be a little bigger, bigger uh, a little, I thought it was going to be somewhat of a blowout. Of course, I was wrong there. Niners only won by six. But they won. That Philly defense stepped up most of the game. And if it I don't know what it was. It seemed like the Niners had to go 90-plus yards in order for us to score. But they did it. Second game on the East Coast. They didn't come home. That's what they did last year when they started the year, which I don't understand why the Niners have to, year in and year out, start on the road on the East Coast for the first two weeks. But... They did it again. They beat Philly in Philly. They had two huge, like I said, 90-plus yard drives, 97 yards and 92-yard drives. Ate up a lot of the clock. Well, ate up some of the clock. And Jimmy wins again, baby. No Trey Lance sighting at all. All game. No run, no throw attempt, nothing. He was sidelined and... Look at the Niners came out with the victory with Jimmy at the helm. Jimmy, hey, adds another win to his resume. All he does is win. It feels like when he's healthy. But yeah, on, on one of the 90-yard play drives, Philly had a chance. We fumbled a, a pitch, and then there was a penalty that gave the Niners a first down. 
And then Trey Sermon comes in for his first carry, gets hit pretty hard in the head, fumbles, leaves the game. He's in concussion protocol, but that was a helmet-to-helmet. They called first down for the Niners, and the Niners end up scoring. Philly had opportunities down on the goal line. They tried to run the Philly special again with Ward uh, to Jalen Hurts. Didn't work. Niners stop him on fourth down, drive the field 97 yards. Debo Samuel, leading receiver in yards in the NFL, had another big day. Joey Bosa on the defensive side, two sacks. And these mobile quarterbacks that the Niners struggle with, they get a they get a dub against Jalen Hurts because he can move around. He was making some nice runs, but as the field got smaller for the Eagles, they just couldn't capitalize. And the Niners' defense stepped up huge. Everybody thought losing Sala was going to hurt this defense. It might in the long run, but they're looking strong in these first couple weeks. I know last week they gave up 33 points, but, I mean, they had them down to 17 up until the last couple few minutes of that fourth quarter. So I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Niners' defense. We got Green Bay next week, which is going to be a fun Sunday night game. I feel like the Niners and Packers play every year now. And we'll see if the Niners can take advantage of that beat-up offensive line that is the Green Bay Packers. They should be able to control Rodgers. Rodgers, yes, he is a little mobile. He can move with his legs. But he, he's, for the most part, a pocket guy now. And the Niners can get to him. Every time the Niners gotten to him, we've you know, handed their asses to the Green Bay Packers, which is good for you know, good for you if you're a Bears fan. And just it, it, it was a weird game because I thought it was going to be a long day. Niners zero first downs in the first quarter, but then they pick up 23 the next three quarters and it, it, it looked like they couldn't you know, they couldn't stay off the field offensively, which is awesome. But all three running backs for the Niners got hurt in this game. Hasty with his ankle, Mitchell with his shoulder, and Sermon, as I mentioned, in concussion protocol. Man, the Ravens and the 49ers running back room, at this point, it's like all scout team, I feel like. I know Latavius Murray, and they got Le'Veon Bell over there, and Tyson Williams in, in, in Baltimore. I'm just trying to make a joke, so don't take that so seriously. But yeah, the running back rooms for these teams, it's it's dwindling down to basically nothing. So I'm interested to see what the Niners do this week, if they're going to sign anybody, bring people up from the practice squad. And I again, this is another thing I mentioned last week on my show. It's kind of plug and play with the Niners, with, with how good this offensive line is. It, it, it's a top three offensive line in this league. And... I just feel like the way Shanahan calls plays and designs runs, it's they can anybody can go for a hundred yards on this team. The line is so good to block for you; they can do it. So yeah, the Niners sign Jacques Patrick from the Bengals practice squad. He signed yesterday. He's 24 years old. He'll make his debut against the Packers. That's going to be interesting. And it looks like we got Trenton Cannon. He he was on Carolina's roster earlier this year as well. So, yeah, you're kind of grasping at straws 
for running backs, it feels like, for the Niners. But I, I expect them to win. I don't know if that's being biased or being a homer. I just... I think this pass rush is going to be too much for this Packers offensive line who's been struggling the first couple of weeks. Rodgers has looked like under pressure a lot and having to get rid of the ball quickly. It's just the secondary that scares me. The secondary dealing with all these injuries. Yes, they look good last week as well. So hopefully they can keep that momentum and back up this defensive line. If they can hold coverage for... Man, three seconds and let this pass rush, Joey Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead do their thing. It's going to be a long day for Aaron Rodgers. Long, long day. I just, it's tough to see Aaron Rodgers go one and two. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's he's too good of a quarterback, and, and that's what scares me, is that you still have Aaron Rodgers on your side. It, it's like Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson can't get it done at home, which that was the game that frustrated me. I'll talk about it in my debt-free pick three. But, yeah, that that damn game ugh, was annoying. But in other news, we avoided the quarterback injuries for the most part week one. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. But now we got some serious injuries. We got Carson Wentz rolling both of his ankles. He's made of glass. And Indy's division hopes, are they over? He played solid against the Rams. They had a chance to beat the Rams, and Eason comes in, throws a pick. So that's how that's going to go. Tua, he goes down. With a rib injury, Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett, I feel like filling in for Tua might be an upgrade after what everybody's thinking about Tua, not really believing in him. Brissett might be the guy. Brissett might be the guy. But it's unfortunate Tua gets hurt. Tyrod Taylor, his hamstring, he got hurt running in a touchdown. He was untouched. But he got in there and yeah, it seemed like it pulled something. So they got a first, they got a guy making his debut in Houston, Mills. And then Andy Dalton goes down and, and gives Justin Fields his opportunity. But ay, ay, ay. here's Matt Nagy on that situation. If Andy Dalton's healthy, is he the starter? If Andy's healthy, is he your starter? If Andy is healthy, is he your star? Ah, that's something that I'm not going to get into with scheme. That's not scheme. Of course, of course it is. That that's that's 100% scheme, Brad. That's 100% scheme. Ay ay ay. Come on, Nagy. And then he he releases a statement later on. Oh yeah, he will be our starter when healthy. And Nagy is trying because he was there when Alex Smith was in front of Patrick Mahomes and gave Mahomes a start. And was leading Patrick Mahomes, sorry, not gave him the start, was in front of Patrick Mahomes and kind of grooming him and, and teaching him the ropes while Mahomes sat that first year. Nagy was there when all, that all happened, and he's trying to do that with Fields and Dalton. But I just don't think Dalton is that smart of a player compared to Alex Smith. Alex Smith 
was in the league for a while, but was also successful. Really successful. Led his team, for the most part, to a Super Bowl. Kaepernick came in after he got hurt, and Harbaugh went with him. I know that. But Alex Smith was a winning quarterback and doing it really well, and he, he's a smart guy. He, he doesn't take those shots. That's why you always saw his interception ratio start to go down later on in his career because he gave what the defense gave him or he took what the defense gave him. And I I don't know if Dalton is the right guy. Yes, I hear he's taking him under his wing and, and showing Fields some things here and there. I just don't know if he's fully committed to that and giving him all the information Fields needs. And Fields... Again, I'll I'll get into this when we do our rookie watch segment. Ugh, he, he looked rough out there. But this is what I wanted. This is what Bears fans want. Is Fields there? Because when two, when Andy Dalton went down, uh, the fans are already ch- cheering, and uh, which is disappointing. But that's the Chicago fan base for you. All right, you know what was. Good to see Tom Brady. Again, I know it's Atlanta's defense, blah, blah, blah. They, they're going to be terrible this year. Five touchdowns, no picks. Tom Brady. Let me give you some uh, a fun stat right here. Tom Brady's touchdowns throughout his career in, in you know his 20s, 30s, and 40s. Let me give, him, give you the total, all right? Tom Brady touchdowns in his 20s, 167 touchdowns. Tom Brady in his 30s, 352 touchdowns. Tom Brady in his 40s, 154 touchdowns. So Tom Brady in his 40s is 13 touchdowns away from tying what he threw in his 20s. How unbelievable is that? That is ridiculous. And I, this is why I have him as MVP. I wasn't trying to be, oh, like a Tom Brady fanboy. When he has weapons around him and he has weapons at every single position on that offense, that offensive line is one of the best in the league as well. He's going to have great stats, great games, and he's thrown nine touchdowns in the first two games. And I just don't understand why... He wouldn't be MVP, and this team isn't going to keep winning. And they have a great game against the Rams, which is going to be fun. That That's going to be potentially game of the week to see that defense go up against this offense. Oh, which which one's going to bend and which one's going to break? So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's That's probably my favorite matchup of the week behind the Niners and the Packers. Another news, Derek Carr, huge second week in a row, downs the Steelers, hooks up with Ruggs on that deep bomb. He's got 817 yards in two weeks of play. And then Josh Allen just owns Miami, but uh, there's something that scares me with Josh Allen this year. Josh Allen is completing 56% of his throws so far in the first two weeks. Those numbers 
are equivalent to his rookie year. I knew they bl- I know they blew out Miami and that didn't really matter, but against Pittsburgh, good defense, that's not going to do it for you. With Miami, I know they have a great defense too, but for some reason McDermott owns Flores. We saw it week 17 last year, they blew out Miami again. It wasn't even close. So I, that's something to keep an eye on. Everybody wants to throw Josh Allen in their top five right away after last year and that good season, but he's not completing the ball as efficiently as he did last year. He's on the pace that he that he had his rookie and second year in the league. So watch out for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And as I mentioned earlier, that that game is going to be on my debt free pick three. So so stay tuned. But like I said, we got a new segment. We have a new segment. Rookie watch. That's right. So this is going to be interesting. I. I'm looking forward to Fields starting, but I'm not sure it's going to be a good one. They're going against that Cleveland Brown defense. That scary defense, that front that they have. Landry's going to miss time. He's he's on IR. Maybe they get Odell back. May, Baker, dis, you know, his shoulder popped in and out. But... I, I'm worried because this offense line is really bad for the Bears, and you're going up against one of the best pass rushers in Miles Garrett, and they have Jadavian Clowney on the defensive end as well. It's going to be a rough first game for Justin Fields. He came in and did not look good at all against the Cincinnati Bengals. That was all defensive game. Fields almost... He almost cost them the game. He threw that interception at, at towards the end that gave the Bengals a chance to be, and they were down a score. He he fumbled the ball. He he reluctantly recovered it, or fortunately recovered it himself. It was rough sledding, and I I wanted him in week one, Fields. And I think he gives you a better chance to be able to move around. I'm hoping he has a great day against Cleveland. I don't know if that's possible. I, I, I'm i more excited to see him week four because they play Detroit at home. So I think that's going to be his come out breakout game. It's going to look rough against Cleveland. I hope the Bears can keep it competitive. That defense has played well. It played really well last week. Roquan Smith, one of the best linebackers in the game. It just... The Bears are... The Bears. Great defense, but the offense is always trying to find its identity. So as long as the Bears can run the ball with David Montgomery, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to run the ball against Cleveland. Just run it, run it, run it. Work some play actions in there. Give Fields some plays 
to where he's got an advantage at the snap against these defenses. Don't have him drop back. It's got to be quick throws. You're going to have to do a lot of screens, a lot of running, a lot of quick slants, five-yard routes. Because when he, if he starts dropping back, you know, five-step, seven-step, it, it, it's, it's not going to look good because this pass rush, they're not going to be giving the Bears that much time with how bad this offensive line is and how beat up it is. So Fields didn't look so well coming in. I don't, I'm not too sure he's going to be looking good next week. And then Trevor Lawrence, opening drive touchdown. Gorgeous throw. But then he just falls flat the rest of the way. That whole team does. Two interceptions. And Urban Meyer got a little testy in the press conference because they were asking him, oh, do you think you were outcoached? He's like, I don't think we were outcoached. We were outplayed. So I already don't like Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I liked it at the time, the hire, but now the more information I'm getting with really that locker room isn't fully engaged with him. He's made some questionable and concerning hires and, and some calls. So I'm not too fond of what Urban Meyer has done. And this is going to be the, th it's like Adam Gase for Sam Darnold. And we, now we see what Sam Darnold's doing so far this year in that, in Carolina, but it's a rough go, rough go for Urban Meyer and these Jacksonville Jaguars and, and Trevor Lawrence, who I think will end up looking better throughout the season. Again, Trey Lance didn't play at all. He didn't see the field. I'm so happy for that because the Niners, of course, came away with the win. Jimmy did, got it done, led us to the promised land. Hopefully he could lead us all the way to the glory which is the Super Bowl this year. But, yeah, I, I liked that Shanahan didn't mess around this week. There was really no time to. It was a close game all game. Trey Lance on the sideline. Don't give him these runs. Don't give him these little easy throws. Let let Jimmy handle it, and Jimmy Jimmy handled. But the fun game, we had two rookies going up against each other. Mac Jones gets the dub versus Zach Wilson, who had four interceptions. I believe his first three attempts were interceptions or or no not his first three attempts but Zach Wilson did not look good and this is why I said he is going to take the longest time his team is not good he lost his left tackle the Patriots why I had them in my debt free pick three last week and to cover that five and a half spread is their defense when does Bill Belichick Give rookie quarterbacks an easy time. Never. Never. And they picked him off four times, Zach Wilson. He's going to struggle a lot this year. He's not going to look that good. Romo, I'm sorry. In the next few years, he's not going to be a top three, five quarterback. It's just not going to happen. And then on the flip side, Mac Jones. Not sexy stats, but you know what? This kid isn't going to make the mistakes, and that's what Bill Belichick wants. Doesn't turn over the ball. And keeps him in the game. Moves, you know, He moves the ball down the field, takes what the defense gives him. And, you know, he's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. A lot of dink and dunk. 
But that's what I like to see. He's a rookie. He's got a lot to learn in this league. You have a great defense. So just keep the ball in your possession. Make sure you don't turn over. Give your defense bad field position to defend. And you're going to win some games, Mac Jones. You're going to win some games. He finished with 186 yards. Was sacked three times. But Zach Wilson, on the other hand, like I said, four interceptions. He was sacked four times as well. This Jets team is in rough shape. In rough shape. We'll see if Zach Wilson could bounce back next week, but he he does not have... It doesn't get any easier. He's playing the Denver defense next week, and Denver's at home. They're going traveling to the Mile High City. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any high hopes for Zach Wilson in week three. He's probably going to look just as bad as he did this week. Feel bad, but at least he doesn't have to worry about Bradley Chubb. Coming in off the edge and rushing him, Bradley Chubb underwent surgery. So he's going to miss some time. But then on the flip side, Von Miller looks like Von Miller of old. Super Bowl MVP looks back in shape and in primed position to have a great breakout season again. So that Denver defense is humming and Vic Fangio, 2-0. Tied for first in the AFC West. With the Raiders. The Raiders and Broncos are 2-0. And the Chargers and Chiefs are 1-1. Can you believe that? If I were to tell you, oh, the Chiefs after week two are going to be third in the division. You would have probably slapped me and called me silly. That's that's nuts. And, And Denver's point differential is plus 24. That's tied Fourth best in the league, tied fifth best in the league. That's pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Buffalo's number one, but they had that blowout in week two. They they lost week one, so it's kind of skewed with just the one game. But, yeah. I, I thought a couple of the rookies just looked really bad, and then Mac Jones just looked steady and calm and, I'm just going to go out here and win games with my team and not cost us any games. And that's what I like to see. And that's why him going to the Patriots was the perfect position. This is why I kind of flipped the script on him after I saw him in preseason. I I thought I saw enough from Mac Jones because he was putting the ball in places he needed to put him, and he dumped it down if he had to. So I knew he wasn't going to make that boneheaded throw that is going to be the mistake that will lose the game for you. And it helps that they're in a division of young quarterbacks and Bill Belichick owns young quarterbacks. The Patriots' next game is going to be at home against the Saints, which I just, this is going to worry me. This is going to worry me, this game. I'm not too too sure, but uh, that'll be my debt-free pick three. That's my final game. I, I gave you, I teased the other two, so that's going to be my third tease. And... Some headlines today. Some headlines today. Big Ben is going to do everything he can to play Sunday. He got bounced around and beat up against the Raiders. The Raiders are they're a tough team. I, the way they were hitting the Ravens week one, and they're just a hard-hitting, old-school, 
hit you in the face type football team. They 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 were laying some hits and I thought some guys were going to get hurt in, in against the Ravens a lot more because they were whew, laying the wood. But yeah, Big Ben was getting beat up out there and and listen, he's past his prime. He's done. I I, I think Pittsburgh needs to go to a, another direction. This offense just doesn't move the ball like they used to. Ben doesn't like getting hit anymore. And he got hit a lot Sunday, but he doesn't hold the ball to take those shots deep downfield. Their offensive line just isn't that good. Their defense is spectacular, but TJ Watt goes down. And I I just don't understand how Ben, yeah, he came back and, and took a pay cut, but that's your starting quarterback. And now you got to deal with it. And then Haskins is the backup. Do you really think that's good enough? To win you more games, and this is why I had them eight and nine this year. I had them eight and nine. Pittsburgh just doesn't move the ball like they used to. Other news: fully vaccinated, hundred percent vax team, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now add Antonio Brown on the COVID list. That's the third guy along with linebacker special teams captain Kevin Minter and practice squad wide receiver Travis Johnson. So they're all fully vaccinated, and yet these guys are on the COVID list. He needs two negative tests in 24 hours to return and all that. It's funny. You know, he had huge week one against the Cowboys and really did nothing against Atlanta. Everybody's saying, oh, see, he's... Not really that good. He just blew up week one. A lot of the overreactions from week one. It's funny. Everybody kind of settled down and came back to earth in week two. But, yeah, as I mentioned, Texans quarterback Davis Mills is going to be starting at quarterback as Tyrod Taylor placed on the IR as well. He's only going to miss, I think, at least three games. But Mills, he's... A third-round pick from this past draft, so he's a rookie. They're not going to play Deshaun Watson, which they're not going to activate him, not going to play him at all this year. I, I think that they're they're trying to trade Watson, which is smart. I would get him out of there. It's just this Houston Texans, Tyrod Taylor, boy, Feel bad for him last year with the whole getting his lung punctured with, you know, the shot on the sideline from the team doctor, putting Herbert in, and Herbert was on the field the rest of the year. Tyrod Taylor was a great winning quarterback, and Buffalo led them to the playoffs. So he can win you some games. He was ahead of Baker Mayfield when they drafted Mayfield, and I I thought this was a, a, a good year so far for Tyrod Taylor. And now he's unfortunately hurt that hamstring, like uh, running into the end zone on the touchdown, and he kind of pulled up on it and, and started limping. So, yeah, the Texans got a lot to figure out at the quarterback position. Now your your guy's hurt that you brought in. Do you bring in Cam Newton, who said uh, he's gonna? He said himself he he's a lot in the rock, locker room and a, a distraction. And you already have a huge distraction in Deshaun Watson in your locker room. So I don't know if they're going to do that. 
But Cam Newton, is he going to be signed by any of these teams that quarterback that quarterbacks went down? Like, does he go to Houston? Does he go to Indy? Does he go to Miami? We're going to have to wait and see. And then we're also going to have to keep watching this Deshaun Watson. Is he going to be traded at any point this season? Is anybody going to take the risk? Is Miami finally, now that two is down, going to have to pull that trigger and, and get Watson in there? I don't think you're going to have to give up that much. Watson's stock, Watson's stock can't be that high. You, you shouldn't have to give up a big haul for him now, now that all this legal stuff's going on, because you're not sure if he's going to be on the field at all this season or if he's going to be able to stay on the field if he's got to be taken out and on the commissioner's exemplist while all this gets handled in court. Like You, you don't know what's going to happen with him. So that's just another unknown and an unsure situation on, on Deshaun Watson and, and if he's going to be able to play at all. So will these teams take a chance now that they're kind of desperate? And these are playoff teams, playoff rosters, Miami and Indy. Who knows? We'll see. All right. The time you have been waiting for is here. We don't do anything illegal. Debt free, pick free. Look what I found in my pocket. Look, a year's salary right here. Is what I call them? A fun coupon. This is the debt free pick three. On the final play with Mikey Clutch. All right, that's right. The debt three pick three. Yep, that's the cash rolling in. If you took my picks last week, you went two and one. The Patriots and San Francisco covered their lines of minus five and a half for New England, and I believe the Niners were minus three and a half. And Seattle blew theirs. They were minus five and a half. If, if you parlayed these, I'm sorry. But if you parlayed them on FanDuel, they give you that option to cash out. I know at one point I was able to cash out for $500. I should have did it. But, hey, Seattle was up 14 points in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to lock this down and finish it up. But Tennessee, I'll, I'll get on this for a quick second. Tennessee, and this is why I took Seattle in that game, because I thought Seattle was going to get up big. And Tennessee is only good when they got – Derrick Henry running at full speed and when they have leads. But you know what? Credit to Tennessee. I wonder if they listened to me because they'd ran the ball in the fourth quarter while they were still down 14 points. And Derrick Henry came alive and won them the game, basically, getting them back in there. So Tennessee proved me wrong. They they, they stuck with the running game even when down 14 points in the fourth quarter. But Seattle, yeah, that, that, that really pissed me off. It, you blew a 14-point lead at home. First game back with the 12th man in over a year, or two years, basically. And Seattle blew it. Russell Wilson, I know Pete Carroll came out and said Russ could have did more for us in overtime. Well, how about your defense stops Derrick Henry? Don't put this on Russell Wilson. He put you up. <laughs> he gave you 30 points in the first four quarters. Just because your defense can't stop Derrick Henry in the run game in the fourth, don't put that on Russ. So, yeah, a 2-1. and one. Not a bad week one, though. Not a bad week one. I, and those were all favorites I went with last week. Now we're going all underdogs this week. As the lines currently state, I'll give you my first game. 
Washington football team plus eight and a half at Buffalo Bills. Listen, Buffalo uh, against Pittsburgh struggled against that pass rush. Pittsburgh, a solid defense, and Josh Allen couldn't get it done. Miami's a great defense, division opponent. Sean McDermott and Josh Allen just play. Josh Allen plays well against Miami no matter what, like Daniel Jones does against Washington football team. So I'm expecting, especially with Taylor Heineke playing as well as he did last week, uh, that Buffalo defense isn't as great as New York's, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Washington football team plus eight and a half to cover. I I feel like this is going to be a good game defensively. Josh Allen is going to be under pressure a lot. Let's see if he can make these throws. And I'm I'm telling you, if he doesn't complete 65 to 68% of his throws in this game, I think Washington's got a chance to win outright. You know, this could be a possible good game to get the money line on Washington for, but I'm going to stick with the plus eight and a half. Uh, points they're getting they're getting that I know it's on the road but hey that Washington defense is really good and that pass rush can eat up that offensive line of the Buffalo Bills number two I got the New Orleans Saints plus three at New England New England coming off that big blowout game against the Jets handled them kind of easily and New Orleans after blowing out Green Bay week one 30 38 to 3 35 to 3 they came out and put up a stinger, but you know against Carolina's defense, who's pretty dang good now, they're they're looking solid. They're the best uh, defense so far in the first two weeks as far as uh, giving up points per game. But New Orleans, they had seven coaches miss that game because of COVID. They had some defensive players out. Hopefully, these guys come back. I know Marshawn Lattimore, I think, got hurt too. I don't know what his status is for week two. But if New Orleans gets their coaching staff back, there was a bunch of assistants and guys out. Uh, Again, they were technically on the road two weeks in a row because they played in Jacksonville in week one due to Hurricane Ida. And another weird thing, their stadium roof caught on fire and was smoking. It was kind of weird to see. And I don't know how it happened. I don't think they came out and said what happened. But, yeah, if you see videos, you know, watch, look it up on YouTube. The Superdome was smoking. (laughs) It was smoking and on fire. So, uh I think it, they also came out and said that shouldn't affect and Saints should be able to play at home uh, come week four against the Giants. But they're in Foxborough. And that defense is still solid. I'm looking for a bounce back game. I think the Saints win this one outright. Mac Jones is going to have to throw the down ball downfield to get a win here. I think New Orleans is going to let him take what, you know take those short routes, those short throws, and I think New Orleans is going to come out here and upset the Patriots in Foxborough with Jameis Winston. I think they're going to be able to come back and get it. And then my final game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus one and a half at Los Angeles. Basically, they're saying that because the Rams are home, they might win by a, you know, 
a couple points here or a field goal. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I'm taking Tampa Bay outright. Matt Stafford, hey, he struggled against a solid defense, uh, which is the Indianapolis Colts. And Tampa Bay's defense, I, I know they gave up some points against Atlanta, but I mean, that game was over. And Atlanta was kind of, you know, throwing the ball because they had to. I'm looking for Tampa to win this one, but I'll definitely take them uh, with one and a half, plus one and a half uh, to uh, at L.A. And that's going to be a great game. Great game. You got this defense of front and secondary of Los Angeles Rams against this offensive line and these weapons for the Buccaneers. That's going to be a damn good game. And we'll see... Who bends and you know who who gives up some points and uh, who who's able to keep the teams kind of held in check? But I think the Buccaneers are going to come out on top on this one, and might as well give you a bonus, a bonus Thursday night football. The Panthers were minus seven and a half. I think I'm going to take the Panthers minus seven and a half. They're they're a favorite, but. Uh, David Mills, he didn't look too good coming in. I, I this Carolina defense has been playing so well so far these first couple of weeks. You get a a young guy in there who isn't familiar with the game and this live action against a good solid defense and the offense. Uh, you got Christian McCaffrey. Your offense is always going to do well. Uh, I'm looking for Carolina Panthers to cover tomorrow night minus seven and a half. And you know what? Take the over as well, minus seven and a half and the over. So my but my debt free pick three I'll give you for Sunday's games Washington football team again plus eight and a half New Orleans Saints plus three at New England and Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus one and a half at LA Rams that'll be my debt free pick three hopefully you win some more money I know I have last first couple weeks so it's been a good season so far off to a hot start but hey two and one ain't bad for week one. Should have been three and zero, but if again, watch that FanDuel cash out. If if you cover on that, if if you end up doing a parlay like I usually do, and you cover on the Washington Football Team and the Saints, just watch that Tampa Bay Bay game. If if they go up at any point, FanDuel lets you cash out, and they let you cash out for not the full amount that your payout would be, but a pretty good chunk. And if you feel confident that. You know, the Rams might end up coming back and winning by more than, you know, a point. Then cash that out and, and collect that money and put it in your pocket. All right. And then finally, let's get down to our clutch player of the week. Final play. Couldn't be anybody else. Lamar Jackson gets the clutch player. Final play. Final play. Clutch play. Player of the week. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but yeah, Lamar Jackson beating the Chiefs finally, going one and three against them now. But that fourth down conversion, Harbaugh yelling at him, "Do you want to go for it?" Of course, of course, Lamar is going to say yes, and they converted and sealed the game and put it away. So, congrats to the Baltimore Ravens; they're one and one. Playoff hopes well and alive in that division where I think. Listen, the Steelers are just not good anymore, especially with Big Ben. The Browns are, they're good. The Browns are good, but they've shown they can lose some games against good good opponents. And then the Bengals, who Burrow put up a huge stinker against the Bears. They had 
plenty of opportunity to come back and win that game, but the turnovers killed them. So Bengals, watch out for them because their defense is solid as well, and they can give you some fits. So that's a good division as far as defenses, as usual. Always hard-nosed football up there in the north. But that's going to do it for me today. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. This has been the final play with Mikey Clutch. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.